weeks, we celebrate Constitution Day. The Constitution? The Constitution. The Constitution. The Constitution. The Constitution. 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 Amendments to the Constitution. The Constitution. Son, you are well on your way to becoming a constitutional scholar. Everybody, it's your Chapa for this week, and this week is a very special episode. It's a very special movie episode with a very special guest. Returning again, two-time champ, movie expert, movie god, <laughs> Bill Corbett. Hey guys, back again. Happy now, to be here, Bill. The first time you were on with us, we watched a little film called Hillary's America. Yeah, by a plucky young filmmaker named Dinesh D'Souza. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, we, you remember that film? It, it, it recounted his. It was sort of a, a reenactment doc style documentary, where instead of like filming real things, he filmed his like recreations of events that might have happened. Right, like when he went to the official Democratic Party Hillary Clinton Museum, and then broke into the basement where they had like a big file box labeled crimes. Yeah. Right, <laughs> it's basically like the backwards ass proving yeah. it were it's the like, real race. It's like in Mr. Death when Fred Leuchter went to Auschwitz. Only it's him going to the DNC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he showed he showed um, a reenactment of him being the the coolest guy in the jailhouse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, the, these, hey, Dinesh. These, these hardcore kingpins who had multi-million dollar murder gangs are playing chess with D'Souza and breaking down the street for him. But yeah, yeah all- Stringer Bell is in there. <laughs> Damn, I respect him. Yeah, yeah uh, he, he's in jail with Big Meech, but the jail is also the like weekend off halfway house that he was actually incarcerated in. Right. Um, so yeah, he became a jail kingpin and he learned about how crime in the streets is a lot like crime in Washington, D.C. Sits. With yeah. the Democratic Party. Yeah. And they're the real, the real racist. Yeah, the, 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 and his new book DNC, is about how they're the, the real DNC Nazis. Guys are the, they're the real shot callers. Mm-hmm. He really, he really did. He's like, there are all these great memes where it's like a guy goes away in 2001 and he comes out and he's wearing like Pele Pele and a do rag and really baggy pants. And they're like, you know, when your uncle went to the jail and he just got out in the early 2000s. And that's sort of Dinesh because Dinesh, he went away like late 2000s. Comes back out, back out in the world, and he's like, "Oh, we're, we think Nazis are bad, right?" Like, nope. dude, you were you missed a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was he was he he left at a time when the Republican Party's agreed upon message was they were going to keep pretending that they thought racism was bad, and that in fact Democrats were real racist. He's the Richie April of. Uh... <laughs> The old school ways are a little different. Too bad he wasn't a Brooksy hat. He's in a members only jacket and he goes, oh, oh, we like racism. Oh, shit. Oh, Andrew Jackson is a populist hero and not uh, the Democrat bad guy. Fuck. I don't know what to do. (laughs) So, uh, so for Bill's uh, return uh, appearance, uh, we screened another film uh, for him. Uh, This is an actual... I mean, I hesitate to call it a movie, but it is it is a narrative with acting and stuff. I would say it was technically more of a documentary than Dinesh's movie because I'm convinced all most of these scenes they just like put people in front of the camera and just started filming. It had sort of a, a very tay quality to it. Uh, the movie in question is called In Search of Liberty. Directed by Harmony Corinne. <laughs> this is a movie that came out just this year. Uh, available for direct download on uh, Vimeo.com. And uh, Bill, 
correctly uh, reminded me, I had forgotten about this, but when I told them this is a movie we were going to watch, Bill, you reminded me that this is a movie that was uh, shut down while they were filming because of union activity. Yep. And I just want to read here. It says, Tea Party activist Norm Nowitzki's In Search of Liberty, a crowdfunded feature film about the U.S. Constitution, has been shut down in Savannah, Georgia, after 30 members of his crew walked off the job. The crew, made up of mostly students and recent graduates from the Savannah College of Art and Design, had been seeking union representation, living wages, and reclassification as employees rather than independent contractors. So, good for them. But Nothing about unions in the Constitution. No, no. And I'm surprised there actually wasn't more anti-union propaganda in the movie. But like, maybe if they had had extra production time, not if they if they hadn't had, they the would strike. have to pay people for that kind yeah. of quality. <laughs> yeah. So it says the film, which stars Food Network host Bobby Dean, <laughs> son of reality star Paula Dean, prolific N-word user Bobby <laughs> yeah. Dean. Bills itself as a straight-to-DVD release that tells the story of a captivating statesman from America's past who takes a present-day family on a series of wild adventures that open their eyes to the Ca- origin... Cap- captivating in the sense that he kidnaps them actively. <laughs> they are like, Repeatedly. He's basically, he's basically Vincent Gallo in Buffalo 66 <laughs> Constitution. I, I want to say that um, the star of the movie, Paul G- Dean Jr., Paul Dean Jr., <laughs> Uh, he's a type Ron of, Paul Dean. He's a type of person that my friends have coined the Golden Mongo personality type. <laughs> and the Golden Mongo is the most blessed man who walks amongst us. They dress kind of shitty. They live in a too big suburban house. They're happy all the time, but they have varying degrees of happiness. And just one new piece of information, which could be anything because they know nothing, <laughs> will change their life. And so this man, who is supposedly patriotic, being told, like, the literal articles of the Constitution that everyone learns at school, it made him, like, (laughs) rediscover his love with his wife, his better relationship with his kids than ever, and he can finally take down the Muslim Obama. Yeah. Because – this man has a childlike wonder that follows him everywhere. Yeah. Well, Amber said it's like he gets red pilled, but it's the red, white, and blue pill. Just uh, w- one more thing before we actually dive into the uh, the film itself. This is this is the uh, produced and directed by Tea Party activist uh, Norm Nowitzki. And just out of curiosity, I, I found Norm Nowitzki's uh, Twitter account, and he hasn't posted since March 2016. He's but, on the shitty media men list. <laughs> <laughs> but I just noticed that uh, in his media grid, he has five different repeats of the same Bronco editorial cartoon. <laughs> We've discussed Bronco on the uh, the, yes, the, the political good. cartoons episode. And the cartoon that he shared multiple times, including just in replies to Dick Morris, is... Uh, a grandson with a teacher that says next generation <laughs> holding hands of the grandfather and the, the grandson they're, they're watching fireworks and the grandson says hey grandpa what are we celebrating and grandpa says that we were once a free country and he's holding a newspaper that is turned around backward and it just says news Obamacare ruling <laughs> 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 which is I think a perfect segue into this movie because this is this movie is the Bronco. It, it might as well have been directed by Bronco or a political cartoonist because everything. There is a scene early on in this movie where a guy literally looks at a newspaper and it just says like Congress doing bad things. <laughs> so the movie begin. It, it, it follows the movie opens. Mm-hmm. Stop eating your fucking treats. It's no. a brownie. It's really good. Yeah, you should try some. You don't get any brownie now. Yeah, everything is it's 
my my teacher said that the Constitution's stupid, <laughs> and it's just it's they posits a unified popular culture hostile to the Constitution. My teacher says the Constitution's old fashioned and needs to be replaced. Replaced with what? She did not say. Well, and also, like, it's so anti-public school, and you know that they're only able to get away with this level of propaganda because the people watching this are such uninvolved fathers, they have no idea what their child is learning at school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, like, when conservative dads aren't going on local news pages and just finding anyone who did any crime and going, first I would cut his dick off, and then I would run him over. Um, they're imagining what their kids are learning in school and getting mad about it. But never asking. Never asking. No. But just, yeah, assume, that's, that's women's work. They assume they go into class and they're like, all right, we're just going to read D-Ray's Twitter feed. And then, uh, then, yeah. you have, then you have gym class. Open which your is Antifa learning. textbook. Yeah. <laughs> you have gym class, which is learning how to be Antifa. We have phone statues that you can tear down yeah they Gym would not class, they just mostly learn to be trans <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the the kid's never gonna be in the same room long enough with you to tell you that they did not replace history with gender it, it is perfect though it is perfect that there's an entire movie made about this and i mean our uh, our favorite thing to do in america is to get pissed in a righteous way and I just want to say God bless these dads for not making the sacrifice of talking to their children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it is, it is a, as a dad, I have to say. It's far more entertaining. Yeah. As a dad, I have to say, it is a little boring at times, but we, we knew that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Children, but it, but I do know through. that my kids, like last year, one of the things my daughter was doing, like she had a very long and kind of arduous unit on the constitution and like she learned a lot more than i did and and i was kind of like i don't know where this is minnesota which has pretty good education in general but this like so the whole premise of this movie was complete dog shit to me well it was an arduous like lesson plan but like all the lessons are about like how the constitution is bad right oh yeah yeah. yeah. you have to know it in order to destroy it this is the next step we get acorn to re-elect muslims (laughs) until they replace the constitution they spend a whole week on uh proper burning techniques yeah (laughs) so it's it's an article of faith uh in this movie and with the intended audience for this film that um Schools don't teach about either the Constitution or the Revolutionary War or any or any the basic aspects of U.S. government. Literally anything, yeah. And it's sort of like done like it. It, it follows this this normal suburban family, uh, you know, and the the dad is Paula Dean Jr. And he's got you know two kids, a boy and a girl. He's got, actually he has three kids. There's one really young kid who doesn't feature much in the movie. But anyway, they, it's, they it's, keep pointing her, her off on grandma. Yeah, on hot grandma. The hot we'll, grandma we'll get, we'll get the kid. Yeah. We'll get to the hot grandma. Hubba, that's, hubba. that's the spoiler Boing. alert. Spring. <laughs> but what's funny about the movie is that like it's it's set up like the dad knows even less about the Constitution than his kids. <laughs> yeah. The dad knows nothing. He is an absolute like, like he's not allowed to use the stove. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it, and it all begins where like you know they. <laughs> They come home and like they're sitting around the table and like one of the kids says something like, "It's school today." Like our teacher said, the Constitution is stupid, and then he's like, "Really? What's the Constitution? Well, yeah, what's the Constitution?" <laughs> and he like starts scratching his head, and then like I think like he goes into the den and just Google's Constitution, <laughs> and then that night he has this like. Weird, scary dream. He goes to a black lodge. <laughs> they say the Constitution to him backwards. <laughs> and uh, it's sort of this weird vision of the future where, like, the National Archives are, like, overrun with ivy and the Constitution's missing. And then he wakes up in, like, a cold sweat. And he's, oh, oh. 
And like the next morning, you know, in, in the breakfast nook, they're like, "Wow, Dad, you look like shit." What's the <laughs> matter? Yeah, like Lord of the Rings movies. They're seeing the fall of Middle Earth. You know, <laughs> but the, the the thing with this the dad though is that he. Um, the, the most interesting part of the movie potentially is him going out of his mind, like yeah. Shining style, and they oh, never really exploit that. He just gets up the next day and goes, "Boy, I was kind of tired." Instead of like, "I am fucking mad yeah. and foaming well, at well, the well, mouth." That, that's why. That's why the Golden Mongo, <laughs> Mongo, like has the power to bring back the Constitution because they can have spirit journeys with yeah. Ben Franklin and like see the Constitution in their dreams and be like, yeah, I guess I have to save it. <laughs> Whereas like a normal person would be like, oh my God, I'm losing my mind. I should abandon my family because yeah, I'll end up snapping and killing them. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas this guy's like, huh, it's like I have HBO for free when I go to sleep. <laughs> like that thing. So, uh, so the dad, Paul Dean Jr., uh, is, has been disturbed by this vision and, and his oh, general... And his general ignorance of basic American history. And he goes to the local coffee shop. And, you know, he sits down and he gets his, gets his, uh, his latte or whatever. Not gets, a latte, please. Okay. Coffee. Gets That's his coffee. a real gay. Yeah, yeah. It's his good, normal drinker. coffee. Let me it's get also a co- like their idea of what the, the coffee house inhabitants are is like this laptop bubba. Who's for some reason oh, yeah, in everything. Oh, yeah, there's this weird, chubby, yeah. bearded guy. I like to think that it's not turned every- on. Yeah, they can't. Process- He's just on disability. Yeah. It's Eric Garland. Let's just call it. It's Eric Garland. <laughs> they can't prosecute me for what I download if it's the coffee shops I pee. That's, that's in the Constitution. Yeah, no. The, the other guy in the coffee shop is just there because he tells his family he goes to work during the day, but just <laughs> yes, yeah, like the film's time out. Um, so let me get a coffee with uh, extra water. I don't want it to be gay and European style. <laughs> but like, uh, so he sits There's no down. No soy in this, is there? Can <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get extra testosterone in here? He sits down and he gets the local paper, and that's when he sees a headline that's like "Congress to ban the Constitution." <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. and he's like, "Oh!" And then he, he looks at it and sits down for like half a second, looks at the paper, and then looks up, and he's staring right across the table from. An elderly man who's dressed like a typical suburban dad in that he's got like, you know, some some blousy Dockers button-up shirt. (laughs) Tucked into his his flat front khakis. Yeah, exactly. Except he has wavy gravy hair. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like a retired art teacher who still sells weed on the side. Yeah, now, absolutely. You and I, the audience, know you know immediately, or I guess you pick up, you know, that this is Ben Franklin. BF, baby. This is this is BF. This is the Ben BFG. Franklin. Has come <laughs> like through Ben Franklin, gangster. <laughs> through the the dream logic of this movie, Ben Franklin has left the Black Lodge through you know an electrical outlet or something, and then. Very similar, it's actually to uh, Kyle McLaughlin, and uh, is now haunting this coffee shop, and is now appearing to Paula Dean Jr. Uh, as sort of a physical manifestation yes. of his schizophrenic brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah Tyler but, but his performance in all of this is like so earnest. Like it's very, I, I he like the Paula Dean Jr. is such a special little boy and you know he's literal uh, only like credit beforehand I think it's just being on his mom's yeah, show mom's so show. his resume and he's is just 40, like my like... mom says the n-word and they're like you're hired <laughs> 
Yeah, he's the perfect man. He's like he's cool. He, he has a simple mind. He's guileless <laughs> yeah. the entire time. He gets I think away that's with saying the n word. He looks like he's very like Andy Griffith. He looks yeah. like he really has to concentrate to just stroll across a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah full, which, which coincidentally there are several sequences of that. In oh this yes. movie. It's yes. quite a bit. Every yeah, time he kind of looks like he got really badly dosed with acid and he's trying to keep it together. <laughs> right. And all the time it's like they don't know I'm high. They don't know I'm high. They don't know I'm <laughs> he high. He acts the same as me whenever I'm on video. I'm like, oh, a normal person would, uh, you know, probably do something with their hands. And, uh, <laughs> this I'd is how I stand. One eye open, yeah. yeah. Just have a slight smirk on my face, but like not a smug one, just a bewildered one to let people know that I'm cheerful, but I don't know anything, so they don't think I'm better than that. Yeah, them. he spends a lot of time staring off into the middle distance at like the key grip or yeah, something. It's like, it's like when he's not in use, he's in power safety. <laughs> <laughs> so um so so he sits down you know and like i said th- if you were to just take this literally he's sitting at a coffee shop and then some weird old man just sits down next to him starts staring at him intensely and talking to him about the constitution he goes along with it just effortlessly weird old man with like long creepy hair and he's not immediately alarmed and like fearful that he's being cruised which is the most unrealistic part of this whole movie well, there's a lot of, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can read the, the Ben Franklin character's behavior. Um, cruising is one of them. Or, Especially since the, the, the actor exudes pure sex. He's the <laughs> yeah. horniest. Yeah. I mean, I, I was I, getting a little hot and bothered. They're trying, obviously, to evoke the history, which is that Franklin was a horny toad. But, man, it comes across as, as like an unhealthy sexuality. You say horny toad, I say fuck beast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I like about, about the, the, the first meeting between Ben and the dad is that uh, ben, ben begins to explain to him what the Constitution is, you know, as a 40-plus something <laughs> man. Just he's like, And the way he does it is... He asks him if like he's ever played any games, and he's like, "Yeah, I played a little football, you know." And he's like, "Now in football, that, oh, that's the other thing. They made Ben Franklin sort of talk like a Foghorn Leghorn character, yeah. even though he was he from sounds, New England." Sounds like the Mason Dixon Ben Franklin. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like, the, "Now, the, now, I, I say now, I say now in this in this game of football, son, son, are there are there rules that you abide by?" I'm a simple Philadelphia lawyer, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he's like, "Well, yeah, every game needs rules." And he goes like, well, give me an example of the, one of the rules. And, uh, no the- kneeling on the sidelines. <laughs> Number one. No dancing with hip-hop and celebration. <laughs> and, and he says, uh, well, you know, like uh, players' feet have to – like both feet need to be planted inbounds for a catch to be uh, ruled complete. The cheerleaders' feet also need to be visible. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben Franklin goes – are you telling me even if the one foot is just a teeny bit out of bounds, that that still doesn't count? And he goes, nope, those are the rules. And he's oh, like, sure. <laughs> and he goes, okay, there you go. Now now he's got him. He's like, because the Constitution is exactly the same to the NFL rule book. Yeah. And it provides the very strict, easy to, un- like, easy to understand and interpret rules as a game. Right? So it's all there written down just like the rules to Monopoly – Football. Very precise. Yeah, exactly. And that it's just a matter of following the rules. So from there, uh, he leaves the coffee shop, like, or Ben Franklin disappears, just vanishes in front of him. And then he walks out to the parking lot to get his car, and Ben Franklin reappears again, but riding a Segway. 
with the, with a little uh, guitar lick behind him. Yeah, he's a cool dad, yeah. Ben Franklin. And uh, from there on, he begins to see Ben Franklin everywhere, like in refl- in window reflections, in uh, in the in, backs of photographs, in yeah. his toilet. He's like Pennywise from It, just stalking him. So this guy. Uh, is having a mental breakdown, talking to imaginary characters, but... Is and, and crucially point this out, when he tries to get confirmation by pointing to po- photographs that he saw Ben Franklin in or the weird uh, uh, newspaper that said the Constitution was banned, when he shows it to him, they're gone. Right. Yeah. And and like, so his wife is terrified. Yeah, she thinks he's yeah. losing it. Gaslighted by a founding father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so fucked up. But... As part of his ongoing mental breakdown, he is really interested in the Constitution, and he's really interested in teaching his family about the Constitution and having them go on this this learning adventure with him. And then he is shepherded by Ben Franklin, by this maybe imaginary, maybe not sort of apparition who begins haunting him and then eventually his family to teach them about the Constitution. And it begins with, uh, after day two... Oh, or so like uh, he meets Ben Franklin in the coffee shop. He goes home and he's like, "Wow, honey, have you ever read the Constitution?" She's like, "I don't know." Maybe. She's like, "What do you do for work? <laughs> Where do you go all day?" Yeah. Well, actually, well, I, fo- I found a really big penny, <laughs> bigger than the other ones. I'm not sure. Actually, his job is that he is a freelance photographer whose work only appears in the local newspaper. His wife seemingly doesn't work. They have three kids. No, she wrote for the newspaper. Oh, she writes for the yeah. newspaper. You're right. All right. extremely it, lucrative things in small towns. Yeah. Right, because they, they showed her doing layout on the computer in what looks to be like MS Paint. Yeah, <laughs> she uses video toaster. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, honey... I can't sleep. And he gets up, you know, he stays up super late. It's like 11 o'clock and his eyes are bolted <laughs> open after going to bed three hours earlier. Um, uh, freedom being lost. <laughs> his eyes bolt open and he goes to the den again and, and just looks up the Constitution and reads it. And he gets back to sleep like a baby. And he wakes up the next day sort of renewed spiritually, emotionally, but still having an ongoing mental breakdown because the Ben Franklin character continues to plague his waking hours. Meets him again in the coffee shop, popular cruising spot for weird old men. Then Ben Franklin invites him into his sort of midlife crisis suburban cool dad sports car. Hop to, man. Time's wasting. Where are we going? We're going to have some fun. What the heck is it about the Constitution? Now, let's just chew on that for a while. And enjoy the scenery. So he gets in his good American middle-aged dad, midlife crisis sports car. And he's like, cop on in. I'm going to show you something. And he's like, sure, man, I met yesterday who may or may not be real. I feel like Joan Didion in this car. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to film a dash cam video. (laughs) So he, he gets in Brent Franklin's sports car and they start cruising down the highway, weaving in and out of traffic, and he's like, starts explaining to him about, you know, uh, how the Constitution works and why it's important. And then, just out of nowhere, there you go, ew, ew, the big government, John Q. Law, sees them speeding mm-hmm. yeah. on a highway. Sir, can I see your Quran? <laughs> you present the prayer mat that you have to drive with at all times. <laughs> Just checking to see if it's a woman driver being unescorted by a male relative. Well, I called it, too. I was like, uh, watch him do a, you know, these are not the droids you're looking for. Because people who make movies like these have only seen five movies. Right. 
Amber called it perfectly. Ben Franklin gets pulled over by the cop, and he's like, you were speeding. You are going 90 miles an hour in a school zone. And he might as well have said speed limits aren't in the Constitution. But Amber was exactly right. He does the Obi-Wan hand wave on the cop and just says, you're doing a great <laughs> job, officer. And then he's like, oh, oh okay. With the implied boy, because it was a black cop. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a silent boy. Yeah. You, you, you got to hear it. <laughs> By not here. It's yeah. like jazz. It's yeah. like jazz of racism. Because he was the framer of the Constitution. He's like, what if you could only give me 60% of a ticket? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so he uh, uses uh, Jedi um, uh, founding father mind magic, <laughs> mind's founding father mindset to get out of a speeding ticket, and then uh, drives Paul Dean Jr. through a time tunnel. It's, yes. like, it's like Donnie Darko, basically. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he drives. He dri- they drive through a time tunnel, and he says... I mean, it's like very Oedipal, though. He has this new father figure. They're going through a right. canal together. Right. And they go out on Runnymede. They're, they're rebirthed in... in, in mag- well, the Magna Carta was signed, but you might think, oh, cool, they're going to go back, and they're going to witness the Magna Carta being signed. No, just a no. meadow. It's <laughs> yes. very, very expensive to build old-timey sets and costumes for a bunch of actors to play King John and, and the Barons. Instead, we're going to have them stand in a field, which is free, and look into the sky as a PowerPoint presentation is played on the clouds. Which makes you think they could have done this in this guy's house. They didn't need to go to the. They didn't need to break the laws of time and physics <laughs> to go to a field to show a PowerPoint presentation. Well, and I'm not sure exactly like how you can make a high production value, uh, you know, slideshow. But I feel like these were not the best slideshows. No, they were all terrible. They were all. Uh, Public public domain images. Yeah, they're clip so. clip art clip stuff art projected AF. on the clouds. Yeah, but the uh, the the purpose of this time travel excursion to just a meadow. It was a very medieval looking meadow, though. That's the <laughs> yeah, we were, we were saying they went to the movie field in England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, those, you have to eat these mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, the, the movie is just them going back to the 1500s, getting murdered by Cromwell loyalists. <laughs> <laughs> the wife being like, "What happened to my husband with the 68 IQ?" <laughs> uh, ma'am, uh, we're the we're the uh, FBI. We have reason to believe that your husband Tom traveled with a pervert and was killed there. <laughs> <laughs> he was boiled oh. in lard. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, he was always doing really stupid things. But as as part of the PowerPoint presentation, they go back to the fields in England. Uh, ben Wheatley made his movie, and the Magna Carta was signed. But in the clouds, he shows him a clip art of ancient Greece, and like this is the uh, the Tea Party thing where they're like, uh, you know, every it, it goes ancient Greece. Uh, Jerusalem, uh, Steve Bannon just did this because he's fascinated by Edward Gibbons' book. the Western tradition right, that, right. Know, goes back to the dawn of monotheism and before. It's, they've seen five movies and they've read two books. Yes, yeah. exactly. And the Founding Fathers were huge Roman Empire fetishists. They were. Yeah, they definitely yeah. were. That's well, why we I have mean, a Senate. Uh, a, yeah, a... a a, it's also where they all, a all the slave-based economy. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and one of the funniest things is when they're, they're bringing up, uh, you know, classical 5th century Athens is like the perfect democratic society. Uh, Again, there was one of the many omissions in this movie is is that uh, they were like, this was the first time when truly free people could come together and form a free government by and of the people. Yeah, huge asterisks there. (laughs) 
And it wasn't called pedophilia. It was a febophilia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, slavery gets no mention. Zero. None. Not, slavery, not even American slavery. Yeah, well, yeah. I was originally thinking, oh, they're going to do the, the just the Bill of Rights and not do the whole amendments. They didn't even do the whole Bill of Rights. They, no. they the only do the first four. four. I mean, because theoretically, if you are like a constitutionalist, which you shouldn't be anyway because it's a nerdy bitch thing to be, you could say, well, this document guarantees freedoms and that, you know, it provides the, the precedent for uh, slavery abolition, which is like a decent enough uh, kind of weird revisionist history bullshit thing that a lot of conservatives use. They just decided to gloss over that yeah, part. Yeah, no mention whatsoever. They didn't even hand wave that, and I thought they would at least do the, yeah, but we got over that. And, yeah, you know, yeah. There were nope. a few kinks in the beginning, yeah. like something, but it never happened. Nope. So uh, they then go through the time. They, they leave the field in England and they go through the time tunnel. But this is just like a, a space tunnel now. And they go from whatever part of Georgia the movie was filmed in to Philadelphia to see the place where the Constitution was written and, and go up the rocky steps. Just like everyone. Yeah, that's the best part is that. So they finally get, okay, now we're going to get to the part where we talk about this document. Because remember, the whole premise of this is that if people just read the Constitution, they would see its black and white intent and realize that we are right in it's, wanting it's, a minarchist, yeah. libertarian world. It's the, it's the playbook. It's got all the rules. Yeah. And then they start reading what's actually in the Constitution, and every fucking noun is insanely vague. Right. And, and, and just instantly... Your head is like, well, what the fuck does this mean? There's like five different things that these words could mean: domestic tranquility, general welfare. Like these I mean, are all incredibly that vague set phrases. The precedent for like a uh, like American vagueness of language used in like the private sector. So like synergy, vertical integration. Yeah. Like a lot of just vague language that can be interpreted in any way and that you can use very insidiously. Yeah. So as soon as they actually do start reciting the actual words in the Constitution, they invalidate their whole premise because you instantly think. Oh, this is incredibly contested. None of these can be stable. Uh, important thing is that there is none of these are words that you could get everybody together and be confident they're all going to get the same definition of them. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, if they were using the NFL analogy, honestly, it would be a bunch of guys get together on grass and throw something at each other like, yeah. 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 with random capitalizations. Of yeah, now. you got to get the guy to you got to get the guy down for him yeah. to be no longer have the ball. What do you mean by down? Just down. The object. Of the game is it. to win the game and not to lose the yeah, game. Yeah, it's like yeah. well, two le- two two legs. Do they both have to be down? Both knees, one knee, that, just down. And then as soon as that happens, let's start arguing about it. And then oh, some segments of the population have incredibly vested interest in certain of these words having a very narrow or broad definition. That's interesting. Yeah. So uh, after his trip through time and space, our beautiful golden manga again questions <laughs> questions none of it, and it's just like honey. The strangest thing happened to me. <laughs> I'm time traveled, and I went, man gave me a powerboard demonstration. <laughs> I went to the 13th century to see a, a stack. I also love the fact that they have the power to, you know, Doctor Who it through time and space. First, they go to Runnymede in England in a blank field to learn about. Athens, yeah, <laughs> which is confusing in itself. And then when they go back through the time tunnel, they're just like in modern Philadelphia. So you need the same magic for both. That's and then they're in a green screened, like in front of Independence Hall. <laughs> yeah. like well, this- that's what's great about it is it's like if you're any of your grandparents got the power to tra- time and space travel, 
it would be just like their stories. Like you think they're taking you to the place you're supposed to go to learn about the thing you're supposed to do, but it's just rambling bullshit. Right. And every, everything's mismatched. They're yeah. like, you're like, why did you take me to the Peloponnesian War and tell me about when they put nitrates in hot dogs in the, 19, in the 1920s? And what always, the fuck are you talking about? And it always ends with, anyway, she died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did you wait? Why are we 3,000 years in the future and you're telling me about the Murphy Brown abortion episode? What <laughs> the fuck? But, uh, Bill, to your point about like the fact that they, they have, he has a time, time machine Corvette, but to teach this guy about this dullard about the Constitution, he doesn't take him to the actual like writing of the Constitution. At, to Matt's point, that just the, the costume budget right, would have yeah, been too much. No. So, yeah, it's a crowdfunded movie. Yeah. Um, so uh, now... Like th- this is the point in the movie where he's like, "Wow!" to his wife. Some th- this is some weird things are happening when I think about the Constitution, and she's I smell pennies all the time. <laughs> yeah. um, and, he, and he never like says, "I went through fucking time and space." He <laughs> said, "I learned about the Third Amendment, honey." <laughs> oh my! Wait, holy shit! I unlocked the key to this movie, oh. like I do with every movie. What's the first thing him and Ben Franklin really talk about? It's football. What happens to you in football? Get tackled? CTE. Concussion. <laughs> oh, this guy has had... He's basically like... His wife just sort of... She set up an electric fence around the town so he can't wander out that much. <laughs> and he has hallucinations where he meets people from history, but they just look like his friends in town. And he travels through time. And everyone in the town has to humor him in like a Truman Show-esque fashion because he was the football hero. But to acknowledge that he ruined his brain winning state... Would destroy the town's football program. Jesus, this movie's actually very. That's subversive. a really good movie. That's you got to pitch that, man. Yeah, this is why I'm a filmmaker. <laughs> so the midway point of the movie is when uh, Golden Mongo's delusion becomes a shared one because Ben Franklin starts basically doing a home invasion, mm-hmm. and yeah. he just starts knocking on the door. And I like I said when we were watching it, it's basically like funny games. Except no, I said that. I said it before you. No way. Oh, I did. I Run did. the tape back. I, I think Amber said, said funny games. I, I described Wait. the plot of funny games. What? Yes. That is the most mansplainy fucking no, he thing. Did. I did. I heard it. Okay, but still, what you what did you just say? You said it, and then I explained the plot. No, no, I no, explained. No, no, the, no, no, I referenced the said, plot he of made funny an games first. Reference saying, "Oh, oh they're okay. gonna wear gloves and ask for an egg," and then oh, you I said it explicitly. Part. All right, well that's fair. Well, while you guys fair. while you guys are making funny yo yo <laughs> flag on the play, mansplaining <laughs> movie references. <laughs> while you guys get out were, the constitution. Well, yeah, <laughs> your description of the thing was, "Well, you said it, but then I explained it." What's well, the other way around? So I think uh, so. Ben Franklin starts coming into their home. And and then he oh wait they're having a family meeting because right. the dad is concerned that he, they need to start talking about the constitution. And, and it never ends. It's like the long march. The middle section. It's the like movie, a Maoist self criticism. There's a lot of really riveting action of, of them going in between the dining room and and the living room. Yeah. They, he knocks on the door, just invites himself into their family home, and then immediately sits in the dad's chair at the family table cucks the hell out and of just him. cucks him immediately. Yeah. That's the story from there on in. It's a story of one man's encuckening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's like a lot of weird sexual and familial dynamics. There's like, there's like the father figure one. There's like the cuck one. There's the buddy cop one. Because at some point, the, the dad becomes very smug and shitty. 
towards the rest of the family for not knowing about the Constitution. Yeah, he's right. like, he's like, you, you, you guys are telling me you're ignorant of the thing I learned about yesterday. <laughs> yeah, obviously, he's a perfect Twitter guy. Yeah, yeah, and he's five times their age, and he's like, you fucking morons. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and Nazi mentioned the really tasty uh, dynamic later on where uh, the mom's mother, so the kid's grandmother, who's, who's kind yes. of a, you know, a hotsy totsy, like attractive yeah. grandma. Ben Franklin totally nails her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it is. He's, he's like texting her. Yeah, he is. He literally texts the grandma. Yes. And it shows them. Call me, baby. Making a rendezvous to be together later. He said, well, you're trying to get the pipe. One of, yeah. uh, she's one of. His best customers, or, or he's one of her best customers because she owns the local bookstore. Yes, and, you know, that he, he just, just hangs out in, which is a major plot point in the movie yeah. too. That a bookstore is opening. Yeah, in they town. took a lot of time out for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was a news report about the bookstore opening. They were like. A bookstore is opening in town. That was The Intercept. That was a story that Glenn Greenwald has been working on for three years. A bookstore. A suburb in Georgia. just sells the Constitution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Glenn, and Bill O'Reilly's killing Japan. Yeah. Glenn, Glenn and Jeremy are there, and they're like, who funds you? And Ben Franklin pulls up in his Segway. He's like, the Constitution funds us. We the people fund us. Yeah. Um, so then... Ben Franklin interrupts their family meeting, inserts himself into it, then doesn't leave. Yeah. Then the husband and wife go to sleep again. And uh, I think the wife is like, who's the strange man in our house? <laughs> Why is he between us yeah. in bed? <laughs> yeah. Then they go to sleep and then they wake up and he's still in the house making their kids breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like none of this is ever like commented upon. The kids upon. call him dad now for some reason. <laughs> yeah. right. And mom. So uh, then he wants to just keep teaching the family about the Constitution. So he brings all of them. He trades in this time-traveling Corvette for just a giant RV. Yeah. And he takes the whole family on like a, a sort of weekend road trip to learn about the Bill of Rights. Yeah. And the first thing they teach about the, is that they just drive past a bunch of churches to learn about uh, freedom of religion. Been to church, have you? Yep. First Amendment's alive and well. And explain that uh, the phrase separation of church and state is not in the Constitution. Oh, and this is, we forgot about this. There's a running subplot that there was a Constitution Day party oh, right. Right. that was overseen by the mayor. and He was, he was inaugurating a week of, of, uh, of celebrations of the Constitution in the town, and these Tiny Antifa teenagers mm-hmm. start yelling. Played by 35-year-olds. Yes. It's, it's we like, want to graduate. Yeah, it's like the new kids on the block, basically. And they're yelling. The Constitution is a crime. What's it ever done for us? We the people. We the people. Well, where's the thing of the Constitution about free about my free food? I'm and tired of retaking trigonometry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like school should be illegal. Uh, burn down the bar- gay. Burn down the barbershop. <laughs> yeah, you know, no. and they're like uh, traditional values are lame. No, and they literally bum rush the stage of the mayor yep. and tear down the banner that says "We the People" the Constitution yep. and like rip it in yep. half. And they're like, we- and everybody flees like you know yeah, Bosnian terrorists. <laughs> Invaded the space. Yeah, and then, oh, yeah, these three hundred pound guys are terrifying an entire crowd while they're yelling. Free food stamps should replace the Constitution. It rules. But so, and then it washed. It, well, he's explaining the First Amendment to the kids in the in the van. The the girl is like, they should have redressed things peacefully. They have a First Amendment right to peaceful assembly and expression, but they didn't, and they did violence, and so they're bad. And then they drive by. 
a pro-America protest where people are holding signs like, you know, lower taxes. It's against, you know, yeah, America's death good. panels. Exactly. And they're like, this is how you do it. That is good patriotic. It basically says like, a perfect tiny circle. circle. <laughs> six guys marching in a tiny circle. Yeah, I think there was like six guys marching in a tiny circle outside the Department of Labor, and they just all had signs that said jobs. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And that was contrasted with the anti fascist No Sharia law. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they were like, this is how you do it according to the First Amendment. And, and then the, the kids are truly smug little shits. Oh, they're awful. They're just smirking the entire time. People who broke up the mayor's event, if they had a grievance, they should have petitioned the government, not torn the place apart. Son, you are well on your way to becoming a constitutional scholar. I don't know if you caught this, but there was one moment where... Um, Somebody said, "Well, why didn't the mayor do anything? Why did did you, did you catch that?" And the no. mayor is black, yeah, right. in this. And basically, they say, "Why didn't they? Why didn't they shut down those anti fog guys?" Mm. And the dad's like, "Go, I don't know. I guess it's just you know." Uh, there's a little wink there. Yep. So he's a Democrat, son. He's, a de- he's one of those inner city he's politicians, He's got a sanctuary son. city. Yeah, he's that's from the, Chicago. That's the grown up version of Levon from True Allegiance. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, and I also like when they're doing the tour of freedom of religion, they go by churches and it's like sort of the implication is like you have the freedom to be a Presbyterian, a Methodist, an Episcopalian. Yeah, and, then then they, they, yeah. and then they pass a single Jewish guy, like a rabbi with like pass and a hat walking down the street and they're like, or miscellaneous. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is singing tradition. tradition. <laughs> it, it, what's great about it is they're doing the opposite of the mitzvah van. It's a bunch right. of Gentiles in an RV going, yeah. are you Jewish? Well, carry on. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's basically the, the way you pronounce it is, is Judeo-Christian. Right. <laughs> it's got to go up on the end. And then uh, the girl, uh, they clear up that, uh, you know, that the Congress shall make no law respecting yes. the establishment of religion doesn't mean that religion can't interfere with yeah. public life. You should be able to parent school. All, and that's all clearly in the Constitution. Right. So not debatable. And that, and that your, your school can't make you take off a crucifix shirt because yep. that's freedom of speech. And by the way, public schools, let kids wear the crucifix T-shirt. Yeah, who cares? Let, let them wear the pentagram T-shirt. That's even cooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let them wear what Obama wore in that photo. <laughs> let, make that the only thing they can wear. Yeah. <laughs> dog in the high school cafeteria. Just, like, tons of those uh, like, I heart eating dog. motherfucking yeah. share zone style <laughs> Christian t-shirts. Like there was just like nothing but like bloody crosses on every t-shirt in my high school. All kids should be required to wear hip hop Looney Tunes t-shirts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the late nineties were great for like share zone Christianity because I remember this game came out in like the late nineties that was like called Battle for Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> You had to play as like a share zone angel fighting a share zone <laughs> demon in heaven, and I, I think I was like, I was fascinated by religion and also a gamer. I didn't believe in Christianity, but I was like, Mom, can we get a PC so I can play it? Because <laughs> I thought it was interesting. How was the game? I never, we never got a PC. I didn't uh, get a PC to game on until 2004. Can we- I would have turned out better if yeah, I... Yeah, can we Twitch stream this game? Yes, we absolutely I, can, I because I have that. two gaming PCs now. <laughs> yeah, I would do it. Let's yeah. seriously do this. Is this like that was game put out by Opus Dei or something? <laughs> oh, this was an evangelical project. Opus oh, okay. Dei oh, would which never... Which means it was terrible and full of glitches, because we do not have good quality control. <laughs> yeah, if the Vatican made a computer game, 
it would at least have like good graphics and a good but, UI. Yeah, because you gotta get, you gotta be well monetized. Yeah. yeah, they you gotta would, entice those kids. So and there's something. also just like professionalization. You know, you take things seriously. There's yeah. a bureaucracy. You outsource things to professional people. Yeah, like they have evangelicals the, are like, I got a cousin who has a computer. Yeah, yeah. evangelicals love uh, just having recording studios that are their garage, <laughs> so they can make songs called like "My Second Chance Again." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they never learn to mob up like the papists. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're gonna that game is gonna be like that one Rod and Todd played where they shot Bibles. At, oh <laughs> yes, <laughs> you just winged them and turned them into a Unitarian. <laughs> <laughs> However, in the uh, in the in the religion part of their tour, I just kept waiting for Ben Franklin to say the government has no right to regulate or tell you what faith you can believe in or practice. However, the problem is Islam is not so much a religion, but a political system, and therefore does not actually apply yeah. to the First Amendment. Also, it's not a race, so you can't be racist against yeah. them. I do like how these people who are so convinced that there's a black and white interpretation of everything in the Constitution are also certain that the fact that Islam isn't a religion is uncontroversial <laughs> and obvious. So, uh, of course, that's the First Amendment. We all know what comes after Boring. the First Amendment. Z. This was, yeah, this is what it was all leading to. In my opinion. Yeah. yeah. The, the deuce. The deuce the amendment. Boy. Yeah, the big boy. The big buy. The real one. And ben Frank, I hate her. My gun's from Al-Qaeda. <laughs> and Ben is like, we're here, folks. And then they just, all the kids pile out. At the old, the old local gun range. Hell yay! Yeah. <laughs> and then Ben Franklin just peels off, just six shots, center mass with an target. AR-15, not a fucking musket. He's got a fully kitted out fucking tactical AR-15 that he fires with the the fucking bump stocks at the wazoo. Absolute confidence of a tier one operator. And at one point, he turns to the camera and says, we didn't have these kind of guns when we wrote the Constitution, but if we had, we would still want Americans to have them. <laughs> they, yeah, so yeah. so if, the, uh, if the Second Amendment lesson wasn't um, didactic enough, Ben Franklin takes them to a movie, an empty movie theater yeah. where they see, like, not even on screen, just on stage... Uh, General Patton walk out and give a lecture on why any attempts to regulate firearms is uh, cowardly. Fully copying from the movie, too. Oh, yeah. yeah, Behind the American American flag. flag. It's 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 not George C. Scott. It's some chinless community theater actor. (laughs) Oh, he awfuls. Zero charisma. And I I didn't get, like... was he reciting something that General Patton actually nope, said? No, yeah. it was just a, it was just a it was it was a, just a comment it was left on fa- yeah it's an uncle's Facebook comment. <laughs> it was a comment left on Norm Nowitzki's Facebook page. Yeah, it's just oh, you, you should need to have a gun to defend uh, your government against coming to get you, which I am a representative of. And if you had rebelled, I would have killed you. After all, I was at the, I was at fucking bonus uh, march when we yeah he, 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 he did cavalry when the cavalry yeah. rode on a bunch of people peacefully protesting veterans it's not if you tried anything harder than that we would have machine gunned you to death but let me tell you that i would want you wanted all of you to be armed when i mowed you down well, Patton. I, I wish they also included uh one of Patton's best quotes before he died we fought the wrong enemy in world war ii <laughs> <laughs> we should have gone nuclear immediately they're after. obsessed with Patton yeah. because the Patton is in american carol i don't know if anybody's seen oh, american yeah. carol the awful, oh, Kelsey Grammer plays Kelsey, him, right? Kelsey oh Grammer God. plays him. Yeah, John Voight is Washington, and Kelsey Grammer is oh Patton. 
It's just there's something about Patton. Now, Niles. Uh, <laughs> there's something any about goddamn idiot who gets shot for his country, Niles. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, there's something about his theatrical butchness that really appeals to their psyche, because he, he was the guy who wore silver spurs and fancy epaulets and a pearl handled pistol. He was and a the, fancy. The writing crop. They like to have. They their, love their the writing crop. But that, that's like you're. Literally carrying around like a leather daddy's accessory. Like, there's no horses, dude. You're in a jeep. Why do you have a crop? That well, that's why they love. That's why I like that type of conservative fetishizes generals because the secret about generals is that they're all fancy boys. Yeah, they are. Like they're yeah. officers, and they're like the fanciest, most gossipy, conniving officers. That's how they got to that point. They're kind of like Trump in that, like they have all the you know, all right, fuck you. I'll- Kill people characteristics they wish they had, but they also get to be kind of queenie, which yes. these yeah, guys little water they're cooler they're bitches. They're the dandies of state murder. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they all love their little ribbons and shit. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're goody good boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Patton, Patton wore like Ann Taylor loft boots. <laughs> <laughs> he was like just one accessory shy of a feather boa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jodifers by Michael Kor. <laughs> when Patton was feeling vulnerable, he would hold a coffee cup with both hands. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody here mentioned, too, about the Second Amendment thing that, like, right out of the gate, that was tested in America with the Whiskey yeah. Rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. And they were crushed. Yeah. Yeah. George yeah. Washington himself. By the very guys who wrote the Constitution. Yeah. George Washington himself wrote at the head of the army that said, okay, yeah, you know how we, we said in the Constitution that thing about treason being punishable by death? You guys have to knock it off. We are the government. We don't want you rebelling against us. And we didn't put anything in the Second Amendment that is about rebelling against the government. Like, their whole thing is that the Constitution is black and white, but half of the things Patton says is about overthrowing your tyrannical government, and that is not in the goddamn document. I I, I wonder if there was, you know, in contemporary times, because, you know, Bonus Army, that was so long ago, and the Whiskey Rebellion. So there was something in the 60s and 70s that was an extremely well-regulated armed group that was killed by the state, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, of a, you know, they may have used a type of jungle cat as a logo. <laughs> yeah, they, they had armed safety patrols of yeah. dangerous urban areas. They want they, 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 they were a check giving, on government overreach in the form of police yes, uh, oppression. But they were giving children breakfast. That's yes. overreach, which yeah. is not in the Constitution. They were doing <laughs> overreach. That's why they were killed. Yeah, I'm, che- oh, I'm checking the Constitution now. Nope, no free breakfast. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot them. <laughs> well, after the Second Amendment, the family goes home and gets a lesson in the I think hugely underrated Third Amendment. They it's come, the funniest amendment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the most relevant to modern times, in my opinion. But um, they they come back to their nice uh, suburban uh, cul-de-sac and find what a bunch of redcoats just in their living room. Yeah, eating their crisps, just like eating Cheetos. Some of and, the yeah. redcoats are snacks as well. <laughs> they were eating their yeah. Cheeto. They were eating their crisps and their biscuits. It was mm-hmm. awful. They were just fucking like renting movies yeah. on their Amazon account. Just yeah. first release, like new release movies, yeah. that are like seven dollars and pornos. Yeah, like the ones you have, to, the ones you have to own. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah, they're they're ordering pornos like cheeky lasses. <laughs> the bums of Shropshire. <laughs> they're watching all the British uh, romantic comedies that people like, like uh, you know. I'm sorry, but thank you, dear. <laughs> no, they're like red. The Bellboy dilemma. <laughs> yeah, red coat. Yeah, the, uh, they're watching like British Eight Mile. 
You know, people make fun of the Third Amendment as being sort of outdated and how there really has – there's no landmark Third Amendment case, right? Yeah. But there actually is a pending Third Amendment case what? in the federal judiciary. I don't know what the status is. It might have been it might have been cleared up, but it was in the courts. It's and not it's related just, to Airbnb, is it? No. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I believe it was the DEA. So the DEA in Las Vegas was doing a surveillance of a drug house. And their best vantage point was at this for the neighbor's house. And they came to the door and said, hey, we need to have your house to conduct this surveillance of your neighbor. And they were like, fuck you. And they said, okay, we're coming in anyway. And they took over this person's house for this surveillance. Oh my God. And they are suing the DEA. As well they should. Arguing yeah. it is a Third Amendment violation. That's they, they, hilarious. The, the DEA agents are effectively troops. Yeah. And well, shit, if they want to dress like it and be armed like it all I the fucking time. I literally assumed it was that, just someone's that like... That man later checked into a hotel on the Strip... <laughs> I literally assumed the landmark case was going to be like someone's uh, like dishonorably discharged brother-in-law that wouldn't get off the couch. <laughs> I've been trying to invoke the third like, amendment Jeff, on you my have kids. To leave. It's just not working yet. <laughs> I, I, I mean, tried the third amendment kidding. on him, but then he pulled out sovereign citizen. Now I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's like Harry, Harry Potter for patriots. Uh, <laughs> it, you could pull the third amendment on your fail son if he plays Call of Duty because <laughs> you get a rank in that. Felix, game. be careful. Oh God, be careful. No. you're, you're oh, digging no. your own grave here, oh, buddy. No. Oh God, I have to play RPGs where they have made up ranks like fucking level thirty eight uh, river wizard. Or whatever. <laughs> Creed assassin number 17. <laughs> okay. Then they move on to the Fourth Amendment, which is uh, unjust search and seizure. And they go to their... their unjust seizure. They go to Kurt Eichenwald's house. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, they go, they this go is to- Kurt Eichenwald's wife <laughs> calling your movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, they go to their, their bedroom and there's two FBI agents like rifling through their stuff, you know, and and look. So the FBI agents pull the guns out on the family and Ben Franklin, and Ben Franklin literally laughs in their faces and is like, "What is that? A Sig twenty nine? You pussy! Like that's not a real gun." And then disarms both of them using gun kata. Seagal, the fat guy Aikido move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uses gun kata to disarm both of the FBI agents. And then humiliates them by giving them uh, two playing cards to hold on their chest. <laughs> and then he's like, don't look until you're out of the house. And then they look and it's a joker. That was a, that was a long bit that did not really pay off. Yeah, yeah. and so. also it looked very weird and we couldn't figure out what was going on with yeah. the card. Yeah. They just looked very like incensed, like they had the vapors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were there to be basically tormented. There's a scene where they have them sit down at this table and they condescendingly explain the fourth amendment to them the kids with do a re- the kids yeah, with basically pants them to their voice like they're gonna start torturing them at any moment yeah, and these and these feds look like mormon bike missionaries <laughs> yeah. but in real life these would be like guys who look like thumbs with big guts and chiseled arms and punisher <laughs> right. t-shirts and the moment you were like sir the fourth amendment they would have immediately shot your dog and yeah. <laughs> fucking put a battering ram through your fish tank <laughs> yeah. for no reason fragged your children yeah no yeah these these guys look like they were you know vegans from birth and uh, <laughs> which really makes me wonder do you need all those guns to defend against this federal government these guys look like they haven't eaten in a week yeah, the yeah. biggest pussies in the world uh 
every in real life, every Fed like wears like a kafaya, like they're deployed in a desert environment, which is fucking hilarious because they're just going to suburbs to evict eight year olds and deport them. <laughs> they're the biggest. They're also huge fucking pussies, but like just vicious, tyrannical, jackbooted thugs. But, but, they're, they're but when they sit pussies. these guys down yeah. at the table with the family and the kids explain the Constitution and they basically go, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I, I love made it. a big mistake. <laughs> Again, it's like the gap between like the fact that these people think the Constitution is just like if people read it, they would believe identical to they do. But like just knowing it would protect you from something like an FBI raid yeah. on your house. I, yeah. just well, explain it's, to it's them. evangelical logic. It's like, no, 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 just read it. Like, you're yeah. going to be like, oh. Yeah, Which let's tell somebody, let's tell somebody who's raising a baby who has a permanent uh, a gas canister dent in their forehead from a police raid about how they could have warded them off by reciting the Fourth Amendment. When I was like, when I was like, um, yeah, 16, uh, my friends were like, you know, like teenage weed dealers. And I remember I had watched. I'm just a teenage weed dealer. Yeah. And I remember I watched, you know, like on one of the dumb forums I was on, there was one of those videos where it's like, here's a lawyer telling you how to stop the cops if they pull you over, <laughs> where it's all stuff like, am I being detained, sir? Uh, you don't have a warrant, blah, blah, blah. And I remember telling them to this and thinking it would prevent them from ever being fucked with by the Chicago Police Department. And they were like, what? You fucking idiot. Yeah. They'll just do whatever to us. And I was like, ah, oh, they're so stupid. They don't know about the Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like when I like inter- saw cops in action more, I was like, oh, yeah, no, this literally doesn't matter. They'll just yeah. be racist. You have a move. flashlight up your ass by yeah. the time you got the second yeah. sentence out. Uh, well, the movie is very concerned about a police state. You know, yeah. they, they think yeah. the, the Constitution is very. They worried that Mumford and Son is going to come into your house. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, they get they get lessons about the you know up to the Fourth Amendment. Uh, they got lessons about. Then they how, get bored and then stop they get it. bored. And Ben Franklin is like, "Yo, I'm I've just got to go smash your grandma real quick. Hold on, let me just. Uh, <laughs> I got to text. Yo, mom, Ma's on the line right now. <laughs> I'm gonna text her an egg plant <laughs> yeah, emoji. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so then they go away, and then like the wife goes to. Th- there's a really funny scene where like the wife goes to her job at the local newspaper, you know, imbued with this new love of liberty and and knowledge of basic American history. And writes like an op-ed editorial, like front page op-ed, front page right. op-ed. No more quartering of red coats in our <laughs> yeah. South Abo- Carolina town. <laughs> Above the fold, like the Constitution is good, is swell. And then out of nowhere, like her. And then co-worker. the other, the, the other one, the other headline is slow news day. <laughs> <laughs> and then out of nowhere, she's like, like Ember said, she's doing newspaper layout in MS Paint. <laughs> and out of nowhere, her coworker tr- swivels around, and she's like. Only in America could you write article about how constitution is good. <laughs> yeah. I come from socialist country where there is no freedom of press. Yeah. They they arrested my family just for working with the Wehrmacht. <laughs> we used to my have family. many palaces. Government take them away. Socialist the sugarcane plantation in <laughs> Argent Venezuela, Mexico. Social- yeah, it was a very Doctor Nick accent. My father, yeah. my father was an Alpha Six. <laughs> Socialism took away all our hard-earned slaves. <laughs> so, uh, so the the wife publishes the op-ed Constitution good, <laughs> and then that night, Antifa, <laughs> Antifa, pulls, pull, Antifa pulls up to pull up skirt, skirt, 
He pulls up to the local newspaper office in like a a, a Ford Taurus yep. and then just throws a brick through yep. the window yep. and then runs away. Do you think that Ford like Ford Motor Company like someone like someone saw this and like oh guys we got to file an injunction. This is really making us <laughs> look bad. The official I like vehicle also, of I love the idea yeah. that like their number one target would be the Fartsville Weekly. <laughs> Yeah. They just say the Constitution's good. <laughs> oh, for some reason, Ben Franklin tasks the 11-year-old boy with booking a music act for the yeah. Constitution right. Day yes. celebration. Oh, and the daughter has to find out why her teacher thinks the Constitution blows. Yes. Oh, and then she comes back, and the answer is that the teacher didn't really know why. She just said it was something she learned in college. Yep. Yes. Uh, classic college. I still don't understand why, though, that was put on that little kid. Like, Ben Franklin was looking at, like, a 10-year-old, like, I see a young Kim Fowley in you. Yeah, yeah. The kid books death grips. <laughs> no, it was, I, mean, like, I think it was Screwdriver. Screwdriver, screwdriver Johnny Rebel. Yeah. And uh, and Hobson, <laughs> three bands that go together. But I guess sort of the the climax of the movie is that there's no conflict well, at all. Well, yeah, which there's is no really conflict. Weird. It's weird. Like there's yeah, there's no bad guy. They have this sort of faceless antifa that's hostile to the Constitution with the brick and the protesters. But it never gets there. Never gets a, like a bad guy who's leading it all. There's never a confrontation. No. They never beat him. They just find out about the Constitution, realize it's great, and then they say, "Hey, let's have a concert about the Constitution." And so they get Jason this band. Yeah. His they get this. <laughs> you know what? They, he kind of looked like that. Yeah. This so, band called Madison Rising, which is a notorious right wing butt rock band. <laughs> well, no. Before they get to the Madison Rising concert, I guess like the closest thing to a climax of the movie is when after Ben Franklin, it's Ben was, Franklin and the Grandma. <laughs> yeah, hey, after, yeah, yeah. After yeah. Ben got done smashing their grandmother. <laughs> Like blatantly and in front of all of them, pretty yeah. much. It gets uh, it gets really NC seventeen. He, he, he there takes for a while. he takes the family, uh, packs them in the RV again, and takes them to the county fair, where he uh, he's like, "There's just one last thing I got to show oh, you." Yeah, yeah, and he's like, "You know, the, the, I oh, told you about God. the Constitution and like how our government's supposed to be. Oh, like, God. you need to see what Washington D.C. is really like." And he he makes them go on like the old spook house, like the haunted house ride at uh, the shitty. Sort of county uh, affairs, yeah. So like they get in there and it's like flashing, like you know, ghoul ghoul faces, and then like I swear to God, there was a couple. They keep cutting back to like a, a witch character in the yes. haunted house, and then just playing audio of Nancy Pelosi over it. Yeah. Welcome to your government in Washington D.C. We have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Between people who enter the country legally and those who speak in, Washington doesn't care. The government will take care of everyone out of your pocket. I apologize for Mr. Monster Voice and the horrible news. We are not just going to be waiting for legislation. I've got a pen and I've got a phone. Who needs Congress anyway? But the main villain of the haunted house—it's our boy. Oh yeah, it's, it's the Obama. Yeah, it's yeah. our boy. Like, hello, I'm a gay Muslim. Uh, as a pirate, as a pirate, the arg arg. Uh, I'm going to order a board your, board your pirate. And, uh, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to eat your dogs. Your horror horror and a uh, bottle of non-alcoholic rum. If, uh, <laughs> um, if you like your booty, you can keep it. So, yeah. Well, oh, I'm a pirate. I think we should have a beer summit. Rum called the rum. <laughs> <laughs> Because there should be. Yeah, it would just not- be like it would just be like spicy Hawaiian punch. That would be delightful. <laughs> it's funny that the the Obama stand-in was the pirate, 
a big, big one of the five historical facts that uh, like Tea Party Constitution people know. Yes, is the bar- baby. Is the Barbary pirates the first war, Mark, baby? And that they think yes. that is the, the the basically the constitutional justification or like the American constitutional and historical justification for the war on terror was Thomas Jefferson and the Barbary pirates uh, war on the Barbary pirates yes, in North Africa. That's yeah. true. That was the first war really that we did, and it's like see. We've been at war with these motherfuckers ever yep. since. Even though, of course, the the uh, John Adams wrote to them and literally said, "We have no quarrel with your religion. We have no problem with the Mohammedans." <laughs> yeah, Barack Obama was descended from John Adams. That's John actually Adams true. That's traded, not a joke. Traded, He's related yeah. to him. John Adams was like, "Let me be clear. <laughs> I practice your religion." <laughs> and uh, the Alien and Sedition Acts are actually good. Uh, if I had a great 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 grandson, it would look like Barack Obama, <laughs> <laughs> who will be president one day. Uh, hopefully, after we've uh, created uh, fifty-seven states. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Obama. Right after Obama got inaugurated, he opened a portal in the Oval Office and was like, "Uh." One day I will complete your vision. Only seven to go. (laughs) (laughs) The vision that started in that field in England (laughs) all those many years ago. When we were watching Greeks in the sky. (laughs) Uh, I'll never forget when I was a young boy in Indonesia and we'd do PowerPoints. (laughs) Against the clouds themselves. (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, they, they go to the haunted house and like they get out and the dads they were like wow like th- that was scary or something and then the dad's like yeah but we needed that <laughs> and he was like now I know what it's like to be complacent when there are really bad things out there yeah. so and then like I, I guess the end of the movie the end of the movie is just is they just have oh, a concert let's have, we're gonna fix all of this the fact that we live in this jackbooted hell where all of these liberals have perverted the constitution no they, they go to my favorite plot device ever what I call the deus ex Mickey Rooney <laughs> where they they're like we're just gonna fix it all with the show. They do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. They it's this my favorite awful... way for a movie to go. It never <laughs> happens in real life, the, unfortunately. This this like this fucking reactionary creed. This like this fucking uh, like alt right Nickelback. Yeah. <laughs> Madison Rises plays this awful fucking song. Oh, like, we need a hero. We need a hero. <laughs> yeah. Officer Darren Wilson had no choice. <laughs> oh my god! No, in, in the, the sort of picnic concert scene, yeah. like half of the people were in Cardinals. You got to pick up on these little these little codes, you know, Cardinals. Sports uh, paraphernalia yeah, I mean, is if, chief if among them. The Chicago Cubs, we all know it's a terrorist group, but <laughs> the Cardinals are a hate group. They have uh, they have allegiances with Azov Battalion and other Yeah, and that's forces. also that's if you want to find the right wing equivalent to, to Pizzagate and their like secret symbols, it's all Cardinals. Cardinals gear, yeah. yeah. Like look for Roy Moore to show up at his press conference wearing a Cardinals hat. But what that's I what I saying. loved about the uh, this last scene in the movie where it's like it's a big picnic party to celebrate the Constitution and there's a big banner over Madison Rises that says We the people support our Constitution. Again, like in the world of this movie, like so many people are just like of a day or just like boo constitution. We hate yeah, it. Ob- Obama, Obama was sitting in city limits in a tank, and he's like, uh, "We're about to uh, put everyone in FEMA camps." And then he sees the concert, and he's like, "What does that billboard say?" Oh no, we can't invade. Foiled. Well, what, uh, I, what, I, what I liked Foiled about the rock. what I like yeah. about the concert scene is it's like the perfect. 
uh, summation of like the worldview of the, the the kind of Tea Party activist mindset, or like the people who who wrote and produced this movie, because they think that like again, if everyone just read the Constitution, they would believe like them. And like all you need to get kids on your side, your kids who may be straying from the path, who maybe don't talk to you anymore because of all the things you said on Facebook, <laughs> all you need to win them back is just have like like a butt rock concert with your family. And it just, it just says, we love the Constitution. They'll be like, you know what, Dad? Mark Levin was right. Thank you for buying me all those Bill O'Reilly books. I'm going to read them now. The Constitution well, is swell. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, I think this movie, there's a lot of psychology in it. In that, uh, <laughs> in that so the, one of the first things Ben Franklin says is, like, the country is falling apart. And it's funny because all the scenes we see of his life is like idyllic. He never works. He lives in like a 20 bedroom mansion, McMansion. Everything he does all day is just go to the coffee shop and be like, what's in the newspaper? (laughs) I wonder if Dudesbury's real. His (laughs) his wife is an incredibly well remunerated local reporter. Yeah. The kids, like, he has a good relationship with his kids, but then, like, this fucking weird man takes him to a haunted house, an abstraction, where he sees distortions to make it seem like the Democrats are coming to kill him and that they're going to make his kids slaves with the national debt. (laughs) Uh, And so it becomes real. Like, the horror becomes real, but the solution to the horror is to do pretty much exactly the same thing. It's to live a suburban life, but to have a big picnic. Yep. <laughs> right, right. It really is Tea Party mindset. Yeah. It, it is, is the perfect summation of it. It's it's it is how it's so demobilizing. The entire thing is it never has a call to like, action. The actual like everything. That's per- how you end up doing skeet shooting with Keurigs because you have no direction. <laughs> right. Yeah. You think that is like you? Th- you're like, all right, time for direct action. Yeah. And no. it's like taking a video of me yeah. destroying. No, a the call to action. I'm gonna lay in a dumpster and take a picture. Judy myself. Garland. <laughs> I'm going to wear a diaper to own the libs. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, like you said, everything in this guy's day to day life seems completely frictionless yep. and conflict, like free from all material wants. He, or he's exactly or what you would imagine Paul Dean's dumb son. To be like. <laughs> yeah. He just sort of wanders around in a dopey haze. Yeah. His needs taken care of forever. <laughs> he like goes into the police station and he's like, hey guys, what happened to Sharper Image? <laughs> every day is like for him. Look at your guns. He, he, yeah. he calls the police to report blockbuster video missing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While you're at it, I think they might have taken Hollywood video with them too. But uh, a that allows him to say the N word given to him by yeah. he has Cedric the, the Entertainer. But yeah, he has the best life. But like again, and he, that's exactly the type of person that would be intensely disturbed if some some vague authority figure, someone even just dressed, someone who just walked out of their job at Colonial Williamsburg, <laughs> took them aside and said, "Do you know that the national debt is eight hundred trillion dollars?" Yeah. And they'd yeah. be like, what? "What? That's a lot of money." And they're like, "Did you know that?" Your children will be paying it off. And, and in this movie, they literally show like the, the national debt scare and a baby like going, well, <laughs> like, like collapsing, like fucking yeah. safe on her back. Yeah. So, and like you figure that every guy who's like our hero, the hero of this movie voted for Trump, which is awesome because they're doing it, they want to do a trillion dollar tax cut. And like, who's the attorney general? Jeff Sessions, Mr. Federal Asset Forfeiture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guy who says, yes, the government should just be able to take your shit without any fucking proof of wrongdoing. Very uh, yeah. Fourth Amendment compliant. 
But yeah, no, that's it's because you can tell that guy anything, and he'll be like, "Oh, those are my beliefs now." Yeah. Well, yeah. Very, I mean, very, you know, yeah. arguably, like Black Lives Matter protests in a couple of years ago were in that you know in the spirit of that little circle of protest. They weren't not it was not an unlawful protest. Yeah. Um. It, it you know it gets to the slipperiness of the words yeah. you know of because uh, when a bunch of uh, literal jackbooted thugs were kind of surrounding them. Um, provoking it all, suddenly everyone was taking their word that it was a a protest that was a, like a powder keg and windows were being smashed. And because that's yeah, what really terrifies is, the, yeah. the golden mongos yeah. of the world is that they're perfect, like I said, completely conflict-free and frictionless life. Yeah, like, they're nightmare. Their cold sweat nightmare for the Antifa uprising was they're going to block traffic. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah, going to be yeah, able yeah. to get to Arby's before they switch out the breakfast burritos. <laughs> yeah, the, the guy's like tugging Taco on Bell. a police officer's uh, pants leg and being like, can you tell me what it was? It read just on TV today. And the guy's like, not now. We have to beat protesters. And he's like, have- this is inconveniencing me. You're right, though, about how Keep that beating. frictionlessness makes them totally susceptible. Because you could make the same movie with the same guy and just have him be visited by the ghost of Saeed Katoub. <laughs> And he would end up joining ISIS. Yeah. yeah, he would like be in Damascus beheading people. It would, it would. He wouldn't join. He would just be an ISIS poster, though. He would be like yeah. one of those guys named like the Lion. Saeed Kateb would take him through a time tunnel to that like college dance yes, he went to in 1950s. Look, he's upon the profanities of <laughs> yeah. Western culture. So you're t- you're telling Look me, at Biff Tannen. Where is he putting his hands? <laughs> Wait, so you're telling me Sharia isn't rules. It's a god to make your life better. <laughs> as long as you follow these very strict, simple rules and don't deviate from them at all. Yeah. We have a just and ordered society. You're saying I don't need an imam for my relationship with Allah? <laughs> <laughs> that I can decide who the kafirs are? <laughs> it's very, How many it's a very adaptable format. Yeah. Yeah. How many versions? <laughs> That's a lot of damn versions. <laughs> what what was notable to me about this movie is that uh as a as a veteran of doing a lot of short educational films yeah. with Mystery Science Theater and Rift Tracks. They're all mostly from like the mid 20th century, all very ham handed. A lot of them use these interlocutors like uh, Benjamin Franklin or an animated umbrella or something like that. They're <laughs> yeah. like, let's take the dumb people through, you know, <laughs> and, and how much worse this was. And even though they had the good sense back then to make it like 10 or 12 minutes long. And, and, and there were some conflicts, some flick, friction. Something happens like the, those kids uh, driving across train tracks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and there's a little more of a story, and it's it's didactic, but it's quick at least. And here it's like yeah, yeah, there's there's 90 minutes. minutes. They always yeah. have more plot in them than this thing had in the entire run. It's amazing. Just totally non – it's not a narrative, but it's There are brief incidences that are also compounded in gravity. So like – you have uh, them going through a literal haunted house on the same level as like Jack Buddha thugs breaking into their home with guns. Yes. Like these are treated with the same level of threat. One last observation of the movie. This is maybe right before the picnic, but I really like at the very end of the movie, it shows that the dad, after learning about the Constitution from a ghost two days ago, is now a constitutional law expert who gets invited on local daytime TV shows, <laughs> like the local Georgia v- version of The View, and just gets like fawned oh, over right, by yeah. this this gaggle of women who are like, but but 
what about the Department of Education? And yeah, he's like, three, now, now see, the, the, tenth, the Tenth Amendment uh, invalidates that. And they're like, oh, my God, this guy's hot. I love, yeah, three real housewives of Atlanta pretending to be interested in the Constitution so that they could slob this guy's knob later. That, that was the most realistic part of the movie because if you follow any women at all on Twitter, they're like, Yo, <laughs> fucking Pat Riley can get it. <laughs> I love how the much you know about man is a documents. Yeah. yeah, every elf wo- is a thought. Yeah, every woman. Yeah, every woman that I follow on Twitter wants to just fucking bust down Ryan Zinke. <laughs> just any middle aged guy, they're like, he's oh, fucking man. hot. Beekman from Beekman's World. Is a <laughs> yeah. Time. Yeah. So that was that was true realism. That was cinema verite. <laughs> they just got five women that I follow to <laughs> interview him and act how they would. And then they play the song, and then it's over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this the annoying end. thing is that it ends on Ben Franklin winking at the camera, and then the camera freezing on the wink. Which is just really lecherous. Which they remember from Animal House, I assume, the fifth movie they've ever seen. Yeah. Well, and, and to show that they can't even get like cheap little, uh, cheap little uh, memes or whatever like that, right? After it freezes on his wink, they kind of like continue the film, and he walks off screen. So yeah. they don't even they don't even do that little amateur. And they don't shit, have right? the thing like you know Ben Franklin later died it's at a beach party, fragged by, yeah. <laughs> by syphilis in France. <laughs> <clears throat> so all in all, great movie, pretty good movie. I learned, yeah. I learned a lot. So, yeah. uh, five popcorn classic. Yeah, five bags of popcorn. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and a little uh, tri corner hat. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill, the usher, the usher has no right to quarter in your row. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill Corbett, always a pleasure. Thank oh, you so I, much, yeah, Bill. We'd yeah, love thanks. to have you back anytime yeah. to do thanks, another guys. one of these movies. Fun as thanks always. For coming. Cheers, everybody. Peace. Bye. Bye. Bye.